Anything good there? What, on, on The Guardian? Mm-hmm. More of the same. More of the same. News, news, news. What does that even mean, more of the same? Well, some people would say, same stuff, different day. But it does feel like since March 12th, save for Wednesday, which was January 6th, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the same day over and over again. Kind yeah. of a repeat of the same day. So it can't be like same stuff. Well, some people might say shit. They might. Different day. They may. It just seems like same stuff, same day. <laughs> yeah. Over and over and over And over again. again. Over and over What's up, Andrew Grimm? Not much, Ellen Sherry. What's up with you? I was looking at your Bandcamp site, which is available to subscribers at junestar.bandcamp.com slash subscribe, mm-hmm. because you've been posting a lot of songs lately for this twenty this year of our pandemic, 2021. Right. That's right. Yeah. I got back on the stick. I was just making it happen. Um, yeah. I, and As a I'm, person who drives manual transmission, I understand what that means. Right. But you better be able to shift. You know, you got to put that clutch in and... Move that thing around, and that also sounds kind of body. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been really really busy with my um, subscription. I was at ninety six subscribers, and now I'm at one hundred and two subscribers. Congratulations! Yeah, you know what you know what it takes. It takes um, sitting on Facebook and going through all the people who liked June Star, <laughs> and then right clicking on that and opening up a new tab. So I have a whole list of tabs at the top. And then I go in and I and I, I look at their pictures and I look at like I, have they posted in a while or are they active even on Facebook so I don't waste my time right and then it's like do they still have a job <laughs> yeah that's do the they, question because I don't want to I don't want to like ask somebody to to support me in a sustainable way and they don't have a job right you know so it's all that but then I send them a, an individual email saying hey here's what I'm trying to do and then I send a second little email blurb with it's a little bit more of a form letter. But it's been good. Um, I can't help but notice that just the other night, I had six Bandcamp alerts from the Ellen Cherry Bandcamp page. Yeah, what's the address of that? Uh, that would be Ellen Cherry, E-L-L-E-N-C-H-E-R-R-Y dot Bandcamp forward slash. Dot com slash. No, it's Bandcamp. No, it's dot com. Dot com, yes, forward slash. Well, it's the same as the June Star Okay, one. so. It's ellencherry.bandcamp.com slash subscribe. There right. you go. Yeah. So w- I like that you tried to spell it like I always do. I did the best I could. I was spelling it all lowercase too. Um, As it should be. Right. Right. Get down there, letters. So what? What's your? Oops. Did I? No, you're fine. Okay. Don't worry about it. Um, what's uh? What What was the excuse for all this flurry of activity? I mean, suddenly my inbox is just inundated. <laughs> I, I, you know, you added to my 45,000 emails I haven't opened. Right. Um, I decided to make the back catalog that I have available on Bandcamp for purchase um, as part of the subscription. So now subscribers have access to everything that's on Bandcamp, including all of the new stuff that I'll post. And what I've been doing for the new year is I'm dedicated to a daily arts practice that involves um, taking a photograph manipulating it with digital collage in a, an app called Procreate, um, and then taking that resultant work into Pro Tools, recording a minute of sound, and then taking that combination into... That was my chair. That noise was my chair, just in case you hear that. Sure, the, the squeaking? 
No, there was another noise. It sounded like... This is my chair. Anyway. I'm sure it was. And then taking that whole mess into Premiere. So the the point is that I I felt like I wasn't... Um, I was getting too distracted at the end of the year, and I didn't have um, a place to to really like focus on a daily arts practice that involved for a couple of hours getting my hands onto all of those things and practicing. Mm. So in addition to putting the back catalog out there for subscribers, I am doing a daily art piece that mm. will get combined weekly and then monthly and then yearly. And mm. my goal is at the end of the year to have 365, probably more, um, minute long film basically. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you're just, you know, at the beginning of the new year, you're like, I'm just going to make this resolution. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, I'm going to resolve this year to do the following things. Right. But mm. I don't know if it was resolving. It was more mm. that um, I wanted to set a goal mm-hmm. for myself. So it's, as we talked about at the beginning, it does seem like the same day over and over again. Mm-hmm. I am one of those people that is underemployed. Mm-hmm. I have one job every week. Um, I teach a piano lesson and the rest of the time is mine, which is a luxury. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I've because of saving over the years as an independent musician, I'm, I'm not going to be homeless anytime soon, but it is financially and psychologically damaging to not have work because mm-hmm. that's the way that I've defined myself for decades. Right. I know that probably sounds familiar to a lot of people that work gives their lives meaning and my work, especially because it's artwork. Um, and so I wanted to have just something to look forward to every day and being self-motivated is already a challenge. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I thought this would make it more, I would make myself more accountable. So I don't know if it's a resolution. Mm. It's about setting a goal and having a vision for what I wanted to have at the end of the year, basically. I thought, what would be a really cool thing that I could work on every day so at the end of the year I would have something that you could watch for six hours? Right. And somebody could just sit and watch something for so, six so, hours. Some other underemployed person right. can, can sit there and... Um, hey, uh, just a real quick question. Is this the podcast? Are we doing a podcast? Because I don't think we Oh, said we didn't hello. say that. Yeah, we just jumped right into it. <sighs> Why aren't you famous? I don't know. Why aren't you? Oh, right. This is the podcast, Why Aren't You Famous? Right. And uh, with your hosts, uh, Ellen Cherry and Andrew Grimm. Right. I jumped right into Bandcamp because I was trying to be yeah, you're, you're like, like, business savvy. Well, and that was one of those New Year's resolutions you made at the beginning of the... Not resolution. When we were talking about Goal. it. Oh, okay. Well, what was the difference? Oh, well, we'll have to listen to my essay. Oh, okay. To, to know what the difference is for me. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Because I talk about that a little bit. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you want to jump into that then? Sure. And we can get the we can get back to the other get to know you chit chat later. Right. Okay. Welcome to the podcast. This is is this the first one we've done in twenty twenty one? Uh. Yeah, because the other yeah. one was like two weeks ago. So because yeah. we took a break, mm-hmm. I was ill. Yeah. Not COVID. Not COVID. Sinus bronchial issues. Mm-hmm. Like to um, thank the tetracycline doxycycline for um, keeping me on the. The edge of life. Yeah. I wouldn't say like a putting death at a pavement because I felt pretty sick on the antibiotics, but I feel mm-hmm. better than not being on antibiotics. So in a way you could say you were doxed. I have been doxed by antibiotics. 
Um, yeah, so today's topic is resolutions. We thought we'd start off the new year mm-hmm. by talking about resolutions. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we can listen to my um, essay if you want to. It's okay. it's petite. Petite. Un petite. Un petite essay. Cool. All right, here we go. Putting aside the notion that the beginning of a new year is just another human construct, it's nice to have the scaffolding of a calendar upon which to hang the overwhelming fabric that is the concept of time. In our culture, some people make resolutions at the beginning of the calendar year, a way to jumpstart projects both inwardly and outwardly directed, to garner accountability from others, and also a way to corral aspirations into action. Personally, I have not found success in declaring resolutions or even establishing them in private. This might be because I have never really been too goal-oriented, especially when it comes to my work. I'm more of let-me-start-the-journey-and-see-where-I-end-up kind of gal. And so the idea of setting resolutions at the beginning of a year has always stressed me out and brings up the major question I have around the practice. Why are they so talked about at the beginning of the year, but then not celebrated in the same way at the end? The human body goes through three phases to heal a wound. The inflammatory phase, which begins at the time of injury. This includes clotting of platelets and constriction of blood vessels to stop blood loss. And then the white blood cells show up to kill bacteria and naturally clean the wound site. Second, there's the proliferative phase, which begins a few days after the injury. This involves cells called fibroblasts that help to produce new collagen, create new blood vessels, and repair the tissue. And in the last phase, the remodeling phase, collagen continues to increase, the tissue begins to contract with the help of those fibroblasts, which adds strength to the new tissue, and excessive collagen causes scars. Each of these phases takes time, although the remodeling phase is generally the longest. I bring up the topic of wounds and these phases because the word resolution speaks to me more about an ending or a healing than a beginning. So, now that it's the beginning of a new year, whatever that means, I am wondering, could I look to the end of the year and imagine what I want my scar tissue to look like? Could I examine what I perceive are my lack or faults or bad habits as wounds that I want to heal? At the end of 2021, Could I resolve to strip myself, both physically and psychologically naked, and marvel at and celebrate all the ways that I grew extra parts of myself to be resilient in this chaotic, moving, and decaying world? Question mark. Question mark? (laughs) I recorded that last line twice because I was like, oh, it needs to sound like a question. Well, can you? What will I? The question is, yeah. I mean, the question is, can I? Of course, I should have said, may I? Well, yeah. I well, a nice essay. Thank you. Short, succinct, on on you know, reliable, consistent, <laughs> consistently reliable. Um, yeah. So, I, I what I like about the the writing is the idea is like you know you, you talk about and you you do this frequently in your in your writing is. Um, you know, you, you either start off discur- discursive or you get discursive in the middle where it's like, I'm going to talk to, about resolutions. Da, 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 da. When the when a wound occurs and blood clot, you know, and then you're, you Wait, go what to, does the word discursive mean? 
Uh, it means that it, it goes off of the the it seemingly goes off the path. Okay, gotcha. It becomes like it, it kind of, you know, it's not a red herring necessarily, but it's enough to to make you. It's like, huh? Wait a moment. You're giving me different information than I had before. Right. But then the idea is to connect them back together. You're like, oh yeah, right. So you know, and I start to wonder, like, you know, is the goal to have scabs? Hmm. Is it you know, like. I start playing around with the idea of like listening to the metaphor I want to take it to or at least personalize it enough for me like oh yeah you know thinking about our scars or looking back at the year as as growth or as what we did with our time so um, well how does this reflect on where you are right now well I thought it was really interesting because at the beginning I'm Dear listener, I'm able to view Andrew's face while he's listening to my essay. And so at the beginning, when I said I'm not very goal-oriented, he oh, had a look oh, of yeah. consternation on his face. It's, it's called disagreement. A, it's called a furrowed brow. A furrowed brow of disagreement. Oh, yeah, totally. I totally disagree. I don't think that I'm as goal-oriented as you. I think okay. that I'm definitely just like, let's start. Let's just start and see where it goes. Well, I remember a certain writing session. with One writing session, we had, well, not we had three writing sessions but the first writing session we ever had when i lived in hamden and you were you were going through uh you know the phase because we all go through it of like oh, i'm just inspired oh, no, 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 no. and i said and he's like well come on over and i guess we'll write a song together which is i didn't I, it's not my thing to co-write with people right but you came over we sat in the basement and you, you said all right what's the song going to be about and i said doesn't matter like let's just write the, you know here's here's the music, you know let's do that first. You know? Okay, so um, maybe it's more accurate, and I can go back and edit my um, essay to say that I don't perceive myself to be goal oriented. That might be a, a fair assessment. Maybe it's aspirational that I want to be just the kind of person who's the kind of gal who's like let's just start the journey and see where it goes. But I feel like musically that's generally what I how I play. Like when I'm writing music, I'm definitely not like. I mean, that's a huge difference in our writing styles. You create the structure of your song and then you write lyrics. I don't write that way at all. Mm-hmm. Like I am, it's not, it's not that I don't write that way at all. It's just that the formula varies for me depending on the day. Sure. Oh, it, it, it varies for me too. It's not always like I, I don't always just sit at my computer and do that. Like lately the, the songs I've been writing for the subscription have been, um, largely just me and my acoustic at my kitchen table. Yes, but you're writing the music first. Oh, I have a chord structure, but it, right. I, I would hardly say that it's written in stone. Let's fight. It's malleable. Okay, <laughs> guinea pig drama, co-host drama, co-host drama. Co-host drama. Pew, pew. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. No pew, guns, pew. no guns. But I'm anti-gun. I, th- I think the, the reason why my, my brow suddenly furrowed at hearing you say, I'm not a goal-oriented person, is... Like, of all the conversations we've ever had in our lives, and you've told me about, like, you know, your academic life, I was like, oh, yeah, no, you're totally a goal-oriented, you're a gore-oriented, goal-oriented person. Like, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind, like. Maybe achievement-oriented. That, that, I don't see the difference. Yeah, I do like achieving things. You do, yes. <laughs> I do like achieving things. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So now that I remember, because I do now remember that disc- what discursive means, it just I was drawing a blank on that word, um, and that when I started thinking about 
so when we recorded the last podcast on the way home from your house i was recording it and made this long rambling like nine minute long while i was driving recording my cell phone that i transcribed a couple of days ago and i was just like this is okay but it had this basic premise of i don't ever feel like my feeling is that there's not a lot of celebration at the end of the year of people actually looking back and being like, I made these resolutions. Yeah. And and I think it's because there's maybe the worry that we're, you can't just celebrate how far, how close you got to it. Yeah. And there's the like the last 10% you didn't finish of the resolution or the goal that you set is, is worthy of more disappointment mm-hmm. than like, which is, very discouraging and not actually how life works and i think about like is that a message we want to give to children and the child and ourselves that it's not worth trying if you can't complete it all the way 100 percent perfect right because i don't actually believe that even though i do hold myself to that and others frankly um which is not fair to anybody to that standard and i thought okay well maybe my goal this year can be to resolve to do things (laughs) And then really remember, like make an actual intentional point, like I'm doing with the daily practice, arts right. practice. Yeah, with the subscription. Yeah. That I'm able to like look back and, and I mean, our conversation two weeks ago spurred that, was just like, what can I do that's daily mm-hmm. that shows several things? Part of it is like, I'm with myself so much. I mean, we are all, all with ourselves all the time. All the time. <laughs> But because I live alone, like, I don't have the distraction of having somebody else's thoughts, feelings right, you know, in my environment. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at myself, you know, well, there's only one mirror in the bathroom, so it's only when I'm in the bathroom that I see myself. But, you know, you just, like, I wanted to document, like, what do I look like for a month? Maybe I'm only going to do the selfies for a month and then switch Mm -hmm. to something else in February. But just to have that again, scaffolding to put time on, especially in this timeless period yeah, where it yeah. doesn't feel like... Anyway, my point is that I'm looking forward to the celebration next December sure. 31st of what of how close I came. Right. And to really orienting my mind towards that, like, it doesn't matter if I miss a day, it's okay, or mm-hmm. I'm just going to do my best and try to achieve this thing. And just wondering why that isn't as big a part of the celebration you know well, like why we celebrate like i'm starting the journey right instead of you know what uh, did i learn at the end of the journey well that's because our society doesn't really value self-reflection right which is you, you, probably the most important thing you can teach a child next to having an imagination is to have self-reflection to be able to sit back and be still and think about like you know what did how, how did you do what right. did you say how did you feel how did other people feel you know and then thinking to yourself like it's it's not about like um i'm not i'm not the most important person in the room but i am a part of what is going on in the room right and being able to see that um i really like the idea of of like you know on on december 31st is it should be a time of reflection and 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 the that's the way that I think resolution should be done. It's like you celebrate how far you got. Yeah. And in, and in 2020, which was a really, really difficult year, it's like, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of like, we're going to forget, people want to forget what happened in 2020. But I think that that's like, this past year is one of the reasons why we should not 
the I mean the for me December thirty first twenty twenty the one thing that every single person who's still living on the planet I'm not trying to tell people how to celebrate but just the fact that you survived a yeah, pandemic it. yeah it's just like that is an achievement enough oh I, I'm sorry I I remember the thing I wanted to bring up about waiting till the end of the year to kind of celebrate the uh, how far you got with your resolutions is that uh, when I was in high school. Uh, maybe like 15, 16 years old. I think I did it even until when I was but through 17. Um, I would read my horoscope at the end of the day. I wouldn't read it in the... I just was like, well, how close did they get? <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, that's. I, I think that's really important because it also helped me to think about my day a little bit. Right. Like, as like, I was like, well, what happened? What interactions did I have? And, you know, and stuff like that. So, but I think like, you know, instead of looking forward to a new year, I think there should be some really big emphasis on looking back on the year. Right. And thinking about it. Reflection. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my point was just to see like, if I'm thinking about there, to me, there was a, a logical way of thinking about how wounds heal. Right. It's interesting. Plus you got a little information. Right. About the phases of injury healing. Right. And how your cells work. But just for me, the the scarring of my own body because of the things that has endured is kind of impressive. Yeah. And to, to really take a look at it and, and admire it. Sure. The physical and psychological scarring is, can not represent the damage that was done, but the healing part sure. of it. Yeah. The progress, the growth. So I hope I grow a second head. <laughs> My goal is to grow a second head. All right. Out of scar tissue. Yeah. It'd be like Blobby. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what, what would you name it? Um, scarry? Scarry Cherry? I don't know. Uh, uh, oh, no, that would just be Pit. Just call it Pit. <laughs> the Pit. <laughs> How different my life would be if I had a second head. Mm, you know, that I, often, I often think that. That was Blobby scar tissue. <laughs> It was sentient. <laughs> Made decisions. <laughs> right. That just reminds me of one of my favorite books. Geek Love by Catherine Dunn. Oh. Read that book like every four or five years and I'm reminded of her genius. Hmm. Anyway. Anywho. Should we listen to your essay? Sure. About, should we resolve to what? make it through your essay? We'll We'll make it through my essay. You don't know what the future holds. That's true. I, I don't know. But perhaps my... The sky was looking strange perhaps, earlier. Perhaps when my, my wounds will heal by the, by the time it ends. Okay. And I'll be able to get a better view of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here, well, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. Change Reaction I have reservations about resolutions. That's not to say that my resolve is subject to reproach. For 25 years, I've waged an ongoing war of attrition with playing music out, finding an audience, eking out a living. But declaring some resolution in the wee hours of a new year, claiming to change one's habits and peccadilloes for the better, 
Seems like a surefire way to become fodder for some fail army meme. Now that being said, my resolve is my anchor. I heard someone talking the other day on the radio about how we're blaming 2020 for being such a terrible year, and really, it wasn't 2020's fault. 2020 didn't generate the mutated virus that jumped from bat to man. It didn't elect a horrifyingly inept megalomaniacal person absent the imagination to foster humanity. It didn't suggest that wearing masks was an affront to personal freedom. 2020 was just the right place at the right time. Somehow, like New Year's resolutions, we think that a new year will fix everything. Slate wiped clean, better days, smoother sailing. Just because midnight marks a new day and we read a prepared wish list of changes, we're sure will make a better us. That may work for some people. And whomever they are, I say, way to go. Keep living your truth. But for the rest of us, I'd like to offer this. Real change comes from experiencing gains and losses, and the losses are really the ones that tend to challenge our resolve and produce that stronger change reaction. I learned this philosophy through 20 years of teaching high school and 25 years of playing music. When I was teaching, I found that low-achieving students were motivated by success. For so long, had they felt like they were stupid and even told they were. And then, when they encountered praise, even if it was something small, like a comment on using accurate punctuation, their eyes lit up, posture straightened, and a sense of almost pride emerged. The trick then is to keep them going. It can't be all praise, because English is a messy, messy language. Conversely, my higher-achieving students had heard nothing but praise for all of their young lives. Setting goals and achieving them wasn't a problem. But when everything gets too easy, there runs a risk of complacency. It's with these students that I challenged the most directly. Back in 1996 or 97, one of my students in my expository writing class wrote an essay, and it was functional, competent, and neatly written. But for someone who earned A's his entire life, it read kind of pedestrian. I scored it a D. Whew. He was upset. He told me, tearing up, that he'd never gotten a score like that. I asked him how he felt. It was obvious he felt defeated. And in that moment, it became clear to him that I expected more. And that there was more to life than the basics of punctuality and completion. And that a loss, when examined closely, can tell you more about yourself than a gain. As for me in music, I, like so many, if not most, of the independent artists I know, face daily, if not hourly, rejection. For reference, you can listen to season one of the brilliant podcast, Why Aren't You Famous?, hosted by two of the saddest independent musicians you've ever met. But choosing to leave my teaching career, which is a topic for some other day, and play music full-time has been one of the greatest tests of my resolve. It's kind of like being in the middle of some wilderness without a compass. You take your best educated guess for a direction and forge your own path. Back when I started my first band, Factory Horse, I had all sorts of goals. 
there was a list of venues I wanted to play within a year. And I achieved all of them, put out a record even, and effectively caused everyone in the band to burn out from the constant rehearsals and shows. I was pretty upset when the band split. We had worked hard. I had worked hard, booking shows, managing money, writing half of the material, and just when we were starting to get somewhere, I found myself having to start all over again. Sort of. All of that relentless work and determination was building to something so essential to my ongoing creative life, something that has kept pushing me until my artistic abilities are catching up to my creative vision. It wasn't something that I drunkenly declared on the 1st of January. My resolve to never stop never stopping was born from 25 years of losing ground and gaining it back, but not necessarily in that order. Now, I hardly lose a minute of sleep to non-responsive talent buyers rescheduling practices around fluid life events, giant stacks of unsold CDs, double-booked shows. None of that matters anymore. My resolve has been, and will continue to be, to create art because I can, support myself because I can, and because I know that any gain is not a guarantee of stability and any loss is not really a defeat. They are simply opportunities to engage my resolve, self-reflect, change direction if needed, and forge ahead. Why are you staring at me like that? Because you were shimmying. Oh, I was shimmying. Because um, I was thinking of two things at the end of your um, very, very well done essay um, about your resolve. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was thinking about the string sound, but also that it would it be relevant for me to use another reword. Um, would it be relevant for me to say that your essay could be summed up in a Paula Abdul lyric? Oh, yeah. Two steps forward. Two steps back. Which, which, which would actually be a reference to our first season. That's right. Mm-hmm. You have a better memory than I do for those things. <laughs> well. I have great memory for grievances. <laughs> 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 I can remember all of my grievances. Yeah, well, those are important. And mistakes and another word, reword, regrets. Regrets. Uh, was it, it was Beth Orton who said, what are regrets? Only lessons we haven't learned yet. Ah, uh, yes. God, she's so good. St. Beth. Um, so, yes, your resolve is steady, strong, <laughs> and um, I wonder about your student. Oh, he turned out great. He uh, That D really pushed him. It did. Um, I think he, people who excel academically... Um, Need a push. Oh, yeah. Well, we all need something to push off of. Right. And, and and his was the the path uh, least resistant, you know. Um, the, My the, mother used to say that um, in a moment of frustration, she was like, you always take the path of most resistance. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. Here I take am. that, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, uh, he turned up, um, he got his PhD. He runs an education department at a college somewhere, I think. Nice. Yeah, no. Like, I, he's my boss. He's, he's he's far smarter than me. Like, I mean, he had, or at least he had the resolve 
to really buckle down and study. I mean, he always, his whole family, like there's three siblings. But I think your point in that part of your essay was to talk about how how do you motivate somebody who is already like at a high school level right. and, and competent to flight. Right. Like they are hovering, they're running down the uh, tarmac, but not able to ever lift off basically. Yeah. And when we think about the things that truly move us, literature, dance, painting, um, storytelling, f- having a vaccine, mm-hmm within nine months of a global pandemic, those things require imagination, curiosity, but also just, it's not passion, it's um, courage, a reckless courage. Not reckless. Reckless courage, ooh, there's an album title. Not reckless courage. Just go with that, hold on, wait, it won't stop. Because it's not, it's like. Just, would you write that down? Scribble, scribble, scribble. What's wrong with you? Reckless courage. There's so much wrong the with Ellen me. The Ellen Cherry story. <laughs> Reckless courage. Um, I don't know if anybody would describe me. Um, somebody recently said, you shine so bright, which was such an she meant it really like a nice compliment. Yeah. But yeah. I remember thinking in the moment, I was just like, I am so faking everything. You're not faking it. You're channeling it. <laughs> oh. Channeling is the new faking. Is it? Um, so my point is that to to get to that flight, there has to be an impetus to that type sure. of courageous leaping, courageous leaping, Bill and Cherry story. <laughs> right on. <laughs> that's better than reckless leaping, I suppose. Reckless leaping. Who is chewing on the box? Oh, that's called feckless chewing. So we have cats at your place and we have guinea pigs here making all kinds of noise. It's yeah. because they are four minutes away from feeding time and they're trying to like remind me. <laughs> that, listeners, um, Joel, Jim, and Max. <laughs> well, what about the, was that Joel was, Joel was the... Yeah, he was the, the person I met yesterday. Right, right, right. Yeah. Ran into it, Thurston. He, was, he said he was, oh, Thurston uh, Instrument Repairs. Right. Who's working on my Martin, yep. John Thurston. Um, over in Dundalk one, and he's got speedy turnaround, does great work. Yep. Um, he's a legend in, in, in Baltimore, in yeah. Maryland, in so, terms of instrument repair. I, I guess bass playing too. It's And it's amazing that I feel like I could get on his schedule so fast. Yeah. And also have a wonderful conversation with him yesterday. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He's wonderful. Yeah, he um, did the setup on my electric 12. My, uh, anyway, we're veering off. Should I quiet the guinea pigs so we don't have to listen to that chewing noise? No, let's just persevere. We're, we're at 35 minutes. Okay. And so let's just, we, there are a couple of things that I want to bring up, but um, let's finish the... The resolution conversation? The, th- the thought, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I resolved to have better control of my train of thought during sure. our conversations. Sure. Well, it, it's, it's all about the pushing. Like, and that's what, I think that's what resolutions, like the, the, the naming of resolutions is a good thing because that is a moment of self-reflection where you're saying to yourself, oh man, yeah, da, da, da. but it, then it, it devolves into that kind of Murphy's law, cynical kind of like, oh, I gave up on that after a month and it doesn't matter. And ha ha ha, we could all laugh about it later. But, right. but then we don't think about it un- unless you're making the same resolutions. <laughs> if you got the same resolution <laughs> every list, year, you, you got problems, right? you know? Well, I was for a couple of years making a goal list 
And I had that on my fridge. And when I would complete a goal, I would actually cross it off on that goal list and put that whole list into my diary and write a new list and include the ones that I wanted to transfer and then just change it. Because like for a while, for like three years, I was just like, I'm going to learn to play the viola. And then I went and played some violas while we were on tour in Davidson, North Carolina. And I realized like, this is going to be painful. Like for me (laughs) to learn how to play a viola because of my shoulder. Right. Like putting... I'm sure I could figure it out, but like at that point in my life and probably for a long while going into the future until the injury heals more, it was just going to, and so I was just like, am I, am I really going to like buy a viola right now and right. learn how to play this amazing instrument? Like the half-assed way that I learned how to play like electric cello and, you know, I mean, I'm kind of like, I like instruments, but I don't know if I would consider myself a master of any of them. Right. Maybe my voice, but that's because my voice is a unique instrument that nobody else has. Anyway, back to you and resolutions. No, I'm good. I'm good. I was just listening to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, I, I, w- I would agree about the, the whole idea of like, you know, resolutions being important. Um, also being able to look at the end of the year and thinking to yourself, you know, hey, how far did I go? You know, how far did I get? Did I get close? You know, but also there's like a... And the grace involved in that, like giving yourself some grace with it and just being like, yeah. oh. well, it's not about being disappointed. Yeah. I think, and I think that's something we're, we're trained to believe that we should be disappointed if we don't accomplish everything. And I, what you talked about in your essay too, the idea that failure is bad. Yeah. When actually, you know, getting things done gurus will always say <laughs> you have to fail a hundred times, 99 right. times. And then the hundredth time is the, when it's successful. Right. And to me, the language is, is problematic there because <sighs> failure, I don't know if we can divorce failure from its negative connotation and suddenly like reformat it and reframe it. It's like, we need a different word. And don't think of them as failures. Differently successful. Right. I mean, I made a comment to you a couple weeks ago about the way I felt about my past mistakes Mm -hmm. and like where they had led me in life. And to have that realization and just suddenly realize like, oh, if I hadn't made those things that I I still, you know, would would consider them mistakes. But I had reframed that. I changed the language. I had changed the word from mistakes to risk taking. Like I took risks. Sure. And... I, you know, it doesn't mean that I remove the regret that may, like, I think that we should have regrets in life. <laughs> of course. Like, if you don't have any regrets, then uh, maybe you're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, you're not paying attention. Right. And, and, and well, you, you've been saying that for years also about, like, how, you know, your car, the, the car accident was, uh, put you on a detour. Right. You know, the idea of, well, I was like, well, I was on this pathway. And then instead of saying, like, you know, I got... stopped or whatever it's like no thrown off my path i'm still i'm still moving in a direction and that direction is not necessarily as far off as the direction before but it's you know there's some different countryside you had to look at for a while well and and will for the rest of my life like that's the thing about a detour is that i it's there's no way for me to backtrack and go back to the that origin point and and pick up an old path yeah and the the wonderful thing about growth and scar development for me is realizing like I wouldn't want to go back and join that other path because this one has been very rich and revealing and and also it's impossible so it's a waste of time yeah yeah why bother (laughs) 
Um, why bother thinking about that <clears throat> that whole? Speaking of why bother? Why bother? Um, I have to I have to ask you about uh, as uh, we're taping this. Dun dun dun. What? On, me about. on Friday. When is it? January eighth. Is it the eighth? It's the eighth already. Wow, it's going by fast. I know. Don't, the year's almost over. <laughs> I know. Um, Did you do your resolutions? I, I haven't gotten there yet. Dang it. Um, well, they're retroactive at the end of the year. I retroactively go back and say, oh, that's what I I did. achieved this. That's what I, that's what I resolved. <laughs> I resolved yes. to do this and I did it. Everybody knows. Um, yeah, so uh, January 6th, uh, a lot of stuff went down. Right. Well, there was an insurrection, attempted coup, attempted coup by white supremacists on our on our nation's capital, and and, and building. Yeah, and people certainly people died, and there were people hurt, and and there's a lot of mixed messages and stuff like that. And and I'm not saying like you know, um, like I, I I try to look for a little bit of good that comes out of that type of thing. Not a whole lot. I was like, I was like, man, that's messed up. Like I watched it and and. Uh, the one thing that I I felt at least a little bit at ease about is is that although they're organized enough to do this, they're not organized to know what they are going to do next. Like they don't right. like they did they didn't like their their plan A was to get into the Capitol building. Their plan B was, oh shit, we're in the Capitol building. And there's a really great picture showing them all walking along the velvet rope. <laughs> like they, like they had the whole entire capital to themselves, and they still walked. Through, they they didn't they didn't go over in the an velvet. orderly fashion <laughs> through the rotunda. But I, I just you know I, I I we didn't talk about this before, but I just wanted to, to let the why aren't you famous listeners um, know that. Wholly unacceptable. Absolutely. <laughs> like the, I, I've I've never felt. I, there's a couple times I felt this way. Like nine eleven, I felt that way at nine eleven. Um, maybe the start of the first Iraq War, but I wasn't old enough to really kind of understand what it really meant because I was an, an idiotic teenager. Um, I was protesting the first Iraq War because you had school. a goal. You had a goal, didn't you? You had a resolution. You resolved to. It's in, like I'm gonna wear this black armband. People Texas. are gonna ask me questions about it at my Catholic all girls school. <laughs> I'm gonna change the I'm world. I'm wearing this black armband because I'm protesting that war. Uh, where have all the flowers gone? <laughs> but I just felt I felt compelled, like because we don't we talk about that stuff. Like there was that episode, like I guess it was the first season where you uh, said something awful about one of the senators, and we had to alter it. That. <laughs> right. It was about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. It's about Ted Cruz. Yeah, who is now okay with insurrection? So, but um, I don't. Know. I just I felt like you know for our podcast just just to say it. It's well, this is our gate, so we have um, we have gatekeeping responsibilities as you and I continue as white people. I'm not going to speak for you, but as a white person who has been working for um quite some time, not just this year, but quite some time, trying to unspool her dual internalized racial superiority and gender inferiority but speaking specifically about the racial superiority that i've internalized over my life um it's you know it it behooves me to speak specifically to that in that event which is that when i looked at the news on wednesday and saw as a white person mostly white men 
storming the Capitol in an attempted coup and then not ha- receiving any of the consequences that black people and people of color or poor people or the great unwashed or whatever you want to call people who are the other to that group of people would have been violently killed right. um, without hesitation. And so there's a complex internal reflection that needs to happen in law enforcement about why that right. that their reaction was to not to allow these domestic terrorists to overtake the capital um but their response and how different it is and how we can going forward seek to understand that and i do believe it's because as organizations become more welcoming to women and people of color there's going to be their influence and their experience in police departments right. and they're going to be able to to um their presence will show other officers who are not people of color what their experience is like and how to interact in those situations and the other part is the senate congress people got to experience what it's like to be in an active shooter situation and if you cannot tap in to a sense of direct lived experience of what it's like to have your life threatened under the threat of death because of gun violence now is the time unlike the 75 previous mass shootings whatever number there is you know one every two weeks we were having before the pandemic and you know it just shifted to more interpersonal violence this year but they have lived experience now with what that feels like and we need to have gun reform and then like the third thing is language Mm -hmm. the the president used inciting language he this is not news right he has been doing that for decades. This is yeah. not like just him as a candidate or him right. as a president. This no, is something that way back came out of his mouth. He put a fucking ad in the New York Times. Yeah, Central Park Five. Right. It's this is not news coming out of, and I put the quote, I put this word in quote, man's mouth because mm-hmm. I don't consider him a man. I don't think that's um, giving men, actual men, the their props. I'd, if I was a man, I would not want to consider him. He is a sociopathic infant, terrible, mm. you know? It's like, and words matter. And the reason I'm bringing that up as my third point is that there were people, and I'm specifically speaking about the, this is part of it. A, a lot of men stormed the Capitol and a woman died in the Capitol because of gun violence. And I think it's important for me as a woman to say she spoke the language of domestic terrorism. Right. She went into that building. Like if you look at the stuff that she posted and talked about, sure. she was joining an insurrection. Yeah. She was giving herself, like she was taking her accountability for her own life in that situation. And she did not deserve to die, but she was a terrorist. And... I really believe that we have to start talking about people with language that's very specific. Yeah. The rapist Brock Turner. <laughs> right, right. You know, he's not just Brock Turner. He's a rapist. And that doesn't mean that that's all he is. But the, the facts of his life, you know, are, and that's, a, you know, a very, like, a, a reference that doesn't have anything to do with this exact situation. It's just... And then the fourth thing I want to say, the fourth thing I want to say is 
that to me is the most important thing I've been thinking about is Warnock and Ossoff won in Georgia on Wednesday. They're, they're, you know, two senators from Georgia, Democratic senators, the result of their work and the work of activists, um, voting right activists like Stacey Abram and all of her team. This is a, a great time of success. And Wednesday also showed how resilient our democracy is. Right. A bunch of people who look like frat kids, like you said, who didn't even mm-hmm. know what to do. Yeah. They didn't have a plan. Their plan was to sow chaos. They're yeah. nihilists at best. <laughs> yeah. And at worst, domestic terrorists. And they did not have, it's, this is not the same as Occupy, right. the Occupy movement that went and said, this is a financial grievance and we are going to take it off the streets and eventually go online. And they continued. They had a plan. Mm-hmm. And they were effective. They made resolutions. And Ooh. at the end of the year, they could look back and say, we achieved things. Right. <laughs> and you could set new goals. Right. What is it you always say? Have a plan and stick to it? or what is <laughs> Make it? a plan. Execute it. Make a plan. Execute it. So brutal. But our democracy is so resilient. I cried on Wednesday night when I finally like read some of the news because I kind of avoid it, avoided it. But I also cried knowing that the Congress had reconvened. And although I don't agree with a lot of what stuff happens to the senators, I believe that we need to have more term limits. I don't mm-hmm. think that they should have salaries and health care yep. after they retire. They should have to go back and get regular jobs in yeah. other fields or whatever. Um, they went back in and Nancy Pelosi said, we are going to continue the work of this Congress. We're not going to allow this event to stop right. us and our democracy continued and that needs to be part of the story because other countries are looking at us and Mm. it's just i don't know how many people have probably turned off listening because they're like i thought that was a music podcast is that what is that what our listeners sound like no it's like a musical we call those the two saddest people you'll ever meet two saddest musicians you'll ever meet and i'm like i saw elliot smith in concert well, I was just he was like I was, one of the saddest musicians. I was just I referencing ever. your conversation with the with the young man at, at Thurston's when you said, you know, oh, what about all the complaining? <laughs> and, and he said, that's the best part. <laughs> the, the complaining is the best part. Thanks, Joel. Yeah, way to go. Way to go, Joel. Well, I guess we're at the end. Sorry for that. Well, I don't. I'm sorry, not sorry for that rant. Those are yeah, the four things I wanted to say about Wednesday. And you said them. Thanks. Right on. And thanks for opening that conversation because I wasn't thinking about bringing it into today. And but it's a historical moment yeah. that deserves to be recognized. That you and I are living through. This is an artifact of that moment. Mm-hmm. And um, and as soon as we publish this, it's it's it belongs to the ages. Right. It's. <laughs> It's out there forever. Uh, and, you know, Denny's in it, too. Yeah, chawing away. He was chewing on a cardboard box, and he was like, I'm in this podcast, too. <laughs> yes, it's how it goes. Well, Ellen Cherry. Yes. It, it was wonderful doing another podcast with you. Um, Am I the saddest musician you've ever met? No. <laughs> not at all. I don't even know who the saddest is. We'll, we'll save that for another podcast. Right. So, um, well, I know we started off the top of the podcast, uh, podcast talking about where we could find our material but just remind people where can we find you after you're done yawning oh god i'm so sleepy <laughs> my rant exhausted me it wasn't a rant my comments your tirade whatever <laughs> my tirade <laughs> and another thing yeah. and the fifth thing and the fifth thing i want to say 
It's just words matter. <laughs> okay. Words matter. You always I, say that. I, I agree that words matter. And, and words are powerful. And context and you matters know the, too, yes. Context matters. And the way to bring down a narcissist is to call them what they are. Yeah. A loser. Ooh. Burn Donald. <laughs> burn Donald. Ooh, burn Donald. <laughs> Uh, so where can we find your stuff? Just so we can <laughs> speaking see. of, yeah. you can go to ellencherry.com and click on the store page, which will take you to ellencherry.bandcamp.com slash subscribe. Cool. And I'm putting up um, for my subscribers, who I'm now referring to as my executive producers, because they produce this podcast. They produced um, all the 40 weeks that I did of the live stream during the um, early stages of our pandemic. Right. The first nine months of it, and also an art project that I'm—I've set a goal that I resolve. Yes, I resolve to work on it every day. A minute of artifact, a minute of proof of life, and at the end of the year, there'll be over six hours of it. Woo! It's gonna be like smoke them if you got them, folks. (laughs) Buckle up. Buckle up. Here we go. Cool. Excellent. Okay, sorry. But so I, you can find my stuff. Where? I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Andrew Grimm. Yes. My co-host, Andrew Grimm. <laughs> that is me. <laughs> you have such a mellifluous voice. That's what I heard. You're, when I was listening to your essay, part of the reason that I drifted away a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> I came yeah. back, was how just soothing your voice is. And when you speak, it's just like, uh, yeah, you should be in radio. Maybe both of us should be in radio. Mm. It could be an alternate career. Where can we find you on the internet, Andrew Grimm? You can find my entire back catalog. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to stop this. Um, you, yeah, you can find all my Jeanstar. stuff on... Uh, uh, forward slash subscribe. That is correct. Uh, yeah, Say I'm, it in your voice. <laughs> well, that's junestar.bandcamp.com forward slash subscribe. And you can find uh, you can find all our stuff there. And uh, I, I've been putting out almost a song a day. I took a couple of breaks. Um, but I just get up in the morning and just write some stuff and just make some stuff up it's kind of like i make some stuff up and then i shape it a little bit and you know what happened last year when you did that you got on a bunch of 2020 best of lists i know way to go yeah uh yeah some really good press out of that pretty soon it's just gonna be me talking myself in this mic (laughs) well no ellen cherry why aren't you famous i don't know ellen cherry well i'm not famous i i will hardly break break through that level i think but um, Why would you want to? Yeah, no, it's gross. Uh, but then you can all you can also go to junestar.com. That's the other place. And we should David Foster Wallace these podcast. We should and be like, and that's a reference to season one episode. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Why you shouldn't or the whole season one anyway. So and then uh, June Star has a new record coming out March twenty sixth. Sweet. So, so if you subscribe, you get that right in your inbox as well. Right. I'll get it right up in there. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, I okay, now it's 55 minutes. We really got to go. Oh my gosh. Yikes. 55 minutes of voices. <laughs> Saying goodbye. Goodbye. This is what happens when you haven't eaten for 6 hours. That's true. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> this is so artificial. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Click. Click. Okay. 
Ooh, disco. I like it. 